to another edition of Hardwood Group Chat. We're here live from you uh, in Michigan, in Chicago right now, where it is very cold and snowy, so it makes perfect for a holiday edition of uh, of our podcast. So welcome, everyone. Today, you got Moynak and Carno here. Uh, Neil's taking a little bit of a vacation, but we'll be back for some of his live Christmas Day reactions. But we're here to break down uh, the Christmas Day lineup for you guys and just talk about all the most recent happenings with some really streaky teams and some not so streaky teams. Carno, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm in my holiday attire, uh, getting ready to watch some uh, holiday football today, some holiday basketball tomorrow. Um, so uh, it's it's always the best time of the year when it's uh, right around this time. You got uh, the football when it matters. You got basketball when the season, like the NBA season, really starts tomorrow. You know, everything before yeah. that. And preseason, the season starts tomorrow, uh, and then you got your college football playoff, which not great for me, but for you, you know, you got that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's exciting to have uh, the NFL on, and like you know, we're recording at ten thirty a.m. Eastern time right now. NFL's on in two and a half hours. It's it's uh it's a whole weekend lineup for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Saturday football, Sunday football, Saturday ba- well, basketball's on like, all the time, but then you know, Sunday basketball. Uh, and, and the best thing is there's no baseball, which is, you know, fantastic news. Exactly. What can you ask for? Um, great. By the way, I, I actually was, I was just in Detroit, Carno, after, uh, so we got, we got dinner together uh, during, during the Thanksgiving yep. holiday break. I was recently there, just took my parents out for dinner and man, Detroit, you know, people, people give Detroit a lot of shit that it, it uh, you know, people have been saying it's been on the come up for the last 10 years and there really hasn't been any material change i think it's gotten a lot better especially on woodward seeing people come out of the coming out of little caesars for for the red wings game the other night i don't know man it's got some nice bars some comparable to to new york like i'm 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 on the i'm 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 on the made in detroit uh lifestyle again it's 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 good man i don't know how you feel i've been saying this for a while i mean like Detroit is still my like I live in Chicago now, but Detroit is still my favorite city, um, hands down, without a doubt. I know you know the one thing I, I do feel a little bad about is that you know Detroit's made it come up and it's fantastic now in terms of like you know the bar scene, the food scene. Great Ghost was fantastic, I yeah. It was great. Uh, but the one thing that I kind of miss is that the Detroit and Baltimore was kind of this thing. Like you know there there was a you know um, a certain culture there. And then through gentrification and through like throwing money and you kind of push, you know, that cultural scene out. So like Detroit was once known as a very, very, very popular Motown jazz music kind of scene. And that's been replaced by coffee shops and indie artists, which not, not my favorite, not my cup of tea, but eh, it is what it is. I'm glad that it's making a come up. Hopefully the teams can make a come up with it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, we just need, I feel like, you know, part of the thing is, it's not heavily trafficked right now. It's just like very sparse and very quiet on like a weekday night where you'd hopefully anticipate there'd be more people out. I get it. It's cold here, but like part of it could just be sports getting people back in, in, uh, in stadiums, spending more time in, in restaurants and bars, even during the holiday season. Like I feel like that's the one thing just got to get, got to get the Pistons and Red Wings back on track. It's crazy. I was actually at the Red Wings' first game of the season, and that was absolutely packed. It was a, a scene coming out of that. And, I, I, I mean, I have a hockey podcast as well, so I follow hockey quite a bit. And uh, they're doing decent. I, they could be a playoff team this year. And if, if the Red Wings become a playoff team, I remember back when we had, it, it's not called Valley Sports, but, you know, Fox Sports Detroit, they used to have something called April in the D, which was a hype, hype time because it was, you know, Tigers, who I don't know why we like the Tigers, but we do. We get teased by them all the time. But Detroit loves the Tigers. Tigers start their season in April. The Pistons are usually going into their, you know, into the home stretch of games, you know, trying to win. Uh, is it? Uh, well, no, no. And the, 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 hockey is the President's Trophy, but the Pistons are, you, used to go for the best record in the league back when you had the Big Ben and everything. And so we're right. fighting in April. Um, the Red Wings are obviously starting their playoff push, and they, I think the, the end of uh, April is the start of their playoff games. So they, they're going crazy. So, you know, that time was fantastic. And, you know, we'll, we'll get back to it eventually. But if the Red Wins make it, it's, it's the first step of April to D coming back. 
I want to go back to something that you just said too on just the NBA season starting on on Christmas Day. Uh, It's crazy how fast storylines change. Um, I'm just going to start with last year when Boston started, struggled out of the gate last year, ended up making it all the way to the NBA championship. One of the best teams in the league right now, super focused on getting back there. And you kind of look at it, it's representative of the Brooklyn Nets who are in complete disarray, had Kyrie gone for what, seven or eight games, um, looked terrible. Kevin Durant, you know, probably every game gets on, gets onto the court, shows up two hours before game time. Just like, why am I here? Uh, and now they've won eight straight back into contention in the East, which Garno, like they're, they're stronger than the West right now. I feel like the, the East has really, um, showed their, their depth and ability to win some tough games. The Knicks just took it to the Warriors, I think a few, a few days ago, um, and I think, you know, a lot of these streaks are, are starting to come in now. Teams are starting to starting to really get their legs, uh, st- really starting to find their legs under them. And, and I think you're right. Christmas Day is kind of the catalyst to, to teams really getting into playoff mode. I, I said this, and, you know, Neil's not here to defend himself, but I think I said this last podcast, but the East is a better conference than the West now. And uh, there's a lot of pushback, but I think, you know, the stats speak to themselves. Yes, the West have, the, you know, it's a competitive group, but are they really that competitive now? I think they're just all kind of just washed up superstars trying to like, bring their team up. Um, whereas the East, you know, they have washed up superstars like KD and uh, Kyrie, but somehow this young core, you got, you got, you got an infusion of youth and, you know, just development of pieces that just seem to fit. A la, uh, uh, sorry, Chicago Bulls, uh, and, and the East is just an int- like a set of intricate teams that seem to just work. Whereas the West, yeah. is kind of the same formula, hoping it's working, hoping it's working. I'm going to take the um, the Memphis Grizzlies out of this equation because technically, I feel the Memphis should be in the East. Look at the look at a map. <laughs> Memphis should be in the East, but <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll ignore that. Um, but uh, you know, I think the East is just. East is innovative in terms of the way they make their teams up. I think the West has been doing it for um, the, the way they've been trying to do it the last few years, and it's just not working. And now you kind of see in the results as players age. Well, well, let me ask you this: like on the Western Conference side, wh- which teams intrigue you right now? And like, what, what, you know, what have you seen that that you've liked out of uh, out of some of these younger and, and older Western teams? Um. So I, I, I you said, I mean, there are two sides to that. Like the first thing that intrigued me is let's, let's start with the young core. I'm gonna ignore Memphis again because Memphis we can also I think we've harped on how how cool of a team Memphis is. Like relying oh, yeah. on one superstar, a bunch of youngsters around him. Yeah, it's great. They, they have an Eastern makeup, I would say. But there's another team that's kind of similar to Memphis, and that's the Sacramento Kings, who we have you know. We have harped on the Sacramento Kings for being trash for a long, long time. Not just and been been especially hard on on Fox as well. Yeah, yeah, De'Aaron Fox. We didn't think that he could be, you know, the point guard to you know, kind of be the linchpin for that team. And that team is pretty good. Uh, you know, they're I think what fifth in the West, sixth in the West. Yeah, yeah, fifth, they're they're currently sixth in the West. Yeah, for a team that you know was always a play or a, not a play. Uh, they were a uh, lottery pick in the mix kind of team. Um, they finally they made a big trade last year. They got rid of Buddy Heal. They got rid of Tyrese Halliburton, which still I think is a mistake. Head but... scratching, yeah, that was a head scratcher for sure because they got Sabonis, and you're like, where where is the direction of this franchise going? But they wanted to get they wanted to get long, uh, you know, big wing players, and uh, you know, throw Keegan Murray. Is it Keegan Murray or is that his brother? Keegan Murray, right? Yeah, you're right. Keegan Forget, he has a twin brother that plays for Iowa. I just never get their names right. Um, but yeah, throw Keegan Murray in the mix, and you, you see the the fabric of what uh, Sacramento is going to try to do. They try to get long on you. So they that's picked up Herder. They picked up Kevin Herder too, who is, I think is a really nice player. What's his nickname? Uh, the uh, they had a name. Uh, uh, Kayvon Herder. Kayvon Herder. <laughs> That's that's funny. That that sounds like something that would have been translatable to like Tyler Hero or something. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> Jack Harlow has to make a Jack Harlow has, has to make a song now about Kevin Herter. Yeah. He has that dog in him. He's uh, got that dog in him. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So okay. So you, so you like the Kings? Um, I I'm gonna start here. I love the Pelicans this year. They're unapologetic. Zion's back with a vengeance. I'm gonna stop making fat jokes now because he can still get up and do a 360 windmill in the in the last 10 seconds of a game. The guy is really fun to watch, and they're doing it uh, by playing defense too, which has been something where an area where he's really improved. Um, and they're third in the West right now. Like I, I really, the way that they took it to the Suns, very impressive. Completely changed my perspective on 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 New Orleans. Yeah, uh, I mean the Suns game that was I mean, the Suns are in their own little thing of a free fall. But um, you know the crazy yeah. thing about the New Orleans team is that uh, or New Orleans team, I should say it right, um, is that uh, they don't. Like, yes, Zion is kind of like their guy, but they, he's not their offensive. Um, what, what do you want to call it? You know, he's not their centerpiece of their offense, right? Well, well, you mean that like the offense kind of runs through McCollum or and, uh, or an Ingram? Yeah, Ingram was injured for a little bit. Yeah, Ingram. Ingram. I don't think Ingram's played for the last few games. So, like, I I really feel like the uh, the offense has gone through has gone through Zion, um, and Zion's also had some some health issues as well this year. But generally speaking, he's 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 back. Um, mm-hmm. And and they have like a good core too. Like Alvarado can, I guess, be an effective three point shooter outside of just being a complete dog and 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 just taking the ball uh, on inbounds plays. Um, and, and the Pelicans are fu- are fun to watch. Like they were in complete disarray two years ago um, after the AD trade. Uh, I guess that was three years ago now. But like trying to figure out the pieces and and getting McCollum here, getting Ingram back. They have three. They have three capable scorers who can put up twenty points on any given night, and then do. They're doing it with defense as well. So I really like them. Um, I know, think. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like I. I, I so this kind of got me thinking about our first topic of the day, which is if you look two years down the road today, which of these cores do you think in the NBA are? One, the most exciting, and two, probably have the best chance of, of winning and uh, and making it to a conference finals. So, um, I, I guess, again, we've been doing this quite a bit in this pilot. Like, I'm going to throw Memphis out of it because I think Memphis is an obvious answer. Um, but, uh, and they were already in a, no, it was a semifinal, not the final, but they were close, pretty close to the final, conference final. Uh, so I'm going to take Memphis out of it just because they kind of already proven. Uh, but the teams that we're looking at are – they're teams that are probably lottery teams right now. So you have Houston, which is one team. You have the Pistons are another team. You have um, – the Pelicans, I wouldn't say, are young anymore. Um, I, I think they're, they're a little bit more aged in. Like I'm going to put them in the same Memphis category. Um, but then you have like uh, the Cavaliers. Um, so – you have a few sets of teams. And you have OKC, obviously. Um, and then, there, you know, there, there are other teams like San Antonio and Indiana. But, like, these are teams I've been focused on. Like, the super, the young superstars that are in the league. Yeah. It, it all kind of depends on where Victor Wembanyama goes. That's A, depends yeah. on him because it kind of completes the core. And B, mm-hmm. is he really all that? We'll get into what, like, if Wembanyama is really legit or not later. But um, from the teams that... Like I just mentioned, I think um, the Cleveland Cavaliers are obviously the obvious choice, uh, given their the way that they've gotten Mobley and Darius Garland to already work and throw some like players around them. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back now, like that Colin Sexton trade looks like it it's going to pan out because oh. they kind of they kind of solved their point guard issue. They chose Garland, right? And now you have a solid scoring focused shooting guard. And then you got depth in like Karis Levert and some of these other some of these guards behind uh, behind Garland. Yeah, and throwing Donovan Mitchell into the mix, and you kind of have a really a really good team there. Yeah, uh, it wasn't even needed really. Donovan Mitchell was totally just like yes, because we already had scoring answered. But you throw Donovan Mitchell in there, and it's just it's it's quite something. Um, so and that team, I think, is like what third in the league or third in the yeah, league they're now. third. They're third right now. So. Uh, 
yeah, I think Cleveland is the the best young core right now. Although, you know, when you throw Donovan Mitchell in there, do you kind of uh, eliminate them from from that um, from that eligibility? But I, I would say Cleveland right now, which is terrible to say as a Pistons fan. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, some of these teams that you're saying are maybe, like, too old. I, I feel like they're really not. I mean, think about it. Like, John Morant's still under 25. Uh, like, a lot of that Grizzlies team is they've just had early success, which is kind of maybe why, yeah. you're, why you're treating them as, like, you know, the sophomore. They're, they're sophomores now. But um, the Pelicans like, are still super young, too. They are, kind of. I mean, Brandon Ingram, you got Zion. See, when, when I look at Zion, I... Zod is young, but he's also 22. so injury prone. He's so injury yeah. prone, though, that like I gotta throw some eight, like throw some years off his career there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think so. So while we are talking about Cleveland and uh, the Central, um, you know, the Eastern Conference Central Division, where do you see the Pistons next year after the Cade injury? I mean, th- this is this is hard to take because. Your sophomore year is super important in my mind. Like you, you really under have a better feel for the game. You know when you let you should let the game come to you versus when you should be in takeover mode. And he's missing a lot of these key experiential games for him. Um, and I'm I'm like really bummed that that we're not, we don't get to see another year of development for him because there's still a lot of aspects of his game that he could work on. Like he has the IQ, but like this would have been a great year for him to see. Like I'm the man. Like. I want to go out and get 25, 30 points tonight, and I'm going to go do it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say on the Pistons season. I guess there's – I don't even know. I, I'm so frustrated by this team. I don't even know where to start. I'll start with this, like the one bright spot. The Cade injury. So there was a player on this team that we thought was kind of a bum, kind of a wasted pick, and that was Killian Hayes. And through <laughs> the injury, Killian Hayes has actually done a yeah, I know. service to be a good – like point guard not he's not a starting point guard in the league he's a good backup point guard but you know through and this is the mistake us Pistons fans make we see a player like oh he's terrible 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 finally becomes good like oh this guy's a starting point guard no no he's a backup point guard that is being forced into the starting role we have a bunch of backup players in this team that are being forced into starting roles and they make themselves look good now going I, mean, into I don't think Isaiah Stewart I don't think Isaiah Stewart is a starter like he's such no. a he's such a role player <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Like, he's, like, the eighth or ninth player in the lineup. But he's being forced as a starting center now. Well, yeah, he's being forced in the starting center right now. But let's let's go back to this corner. So, when we – when Troy Weaver came in, we had this experiment of, all right, we got Killian Hayes. We have – Killian Hayes is not the, the the you know, the gem of that uh, that draft. It was Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey. And out of those three, I mean – Arguably, Isaiah Stewart's the best one. But Sadiq Bey is where we had the most um, vested interest in because Sadiq Bey was supposed to be our wing player. And now he's coming off the bench. Going mm-hmm. a year forward, we got Cade Cunningham, who's basically our, like, that's going to be the centerpiece of our, our team. Cade Cunningham's good. He still hasn't developed a shot. He's got a really good mid range, but he still hasn't developed an outside shot that's, you know, serviceable for the league. Consistent, he's yeah. He's lengthy, but his defense still, you know, it takes time to figure out NBA defenses and the physicality, and he's missing that. And now we go into this past year, this draft, and we got Jalen Duran, um, Jaden Ivey. Ivey, yeah. Yep. And then I, I forgot, like, last year we also got Isaiah Livers, who is now being thrust into the potential starting role. So we have all these pieces, and our, our, our team is supposed to be made up of this core plus, you know, external picks. And I'm, I'm watching his last few games, and it's supposed to be like, you know, I know it's tough, you know. It's obviously, you know, year two, year three of some of these players, and they they need to take the bumps in. Plus, they haven't been in as a as a core group. But to see a team that, like, consistently every third quarter, every time they come out of halftime, they just, like, shoot under 30% almost every game, it, 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 it seems to believe, like, all right, they're, maybe this team, this, like, these players just don't have it in them. They, they, they're good, but they just don't have some veteran presence to teach them. Hey, you gotta, you gotta light, light a fire on your ass when you, when you come in or like, you know, you need to play better. You need to like have some kind of like something to work off of. Like, all right, maybe you don't shoot well in the first half and you shoot better in the second. Have something to work for. And there's nothing. It seems like yeah. disarraying. Um, I think their idea was good, but I think Cade is not going to be what we thought he would be. Just cause it's not his fault. 
it's just like injuries take development out. And if you're not developing the right way, you're not going to reach the potential that we first thought you were going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, next year is pivotal. It's so pivotal for for Cade, like how he's gonna how he's gonna come back. Like Zion did it. I mean, but Zion has way more athleticism than than Cade's ever gonna have in in his career. And like part, you know, part of it is like that's a big question. If you are at that athletic, like how are you gonna come back? But Cade's also not that kind of player. Like he can run an offense. He has the IQ. He can play defense. It's probably easier to come back from his with his style of play for a shin injury than you know coming off an ACL tear if you're Zion Williams and you're Williamson and you're just jumping out of the gym. Yeah, um, and I, I'll throw this at you as well. Is that like all right when when Zion was out, the Pelicans still flirted with the plan. They were still a serviceable team without. I mean they they weren't great, but they they, they flirted with it. Like look like what happens to the Pistons when Cade's out? I don't know like. Yeah, if you've been following the last couple, of years, well, like yesterday they played the uh, the Atlanta Hawks and they were up, they were up at halftime, and then they shot like twenty five percent in the third quarter, and it was and they got killed by fifteen in the end. But yeah, it, it was embarrassing. Yeah, um, so I guess okay, so you, well, like, let's talk a little bit about Wembanyama because I know you wanted to you wanted to yeah, let me ask you that. this. Uh, so, yeah, let me ask you this. So um, you know we've had quite a bit of like these players that we thought are transcendental players that come in. Zion Williamson is one of them. Uh, I think like even in the beginning, Jabari Smith was being talked about. Uh, sorry, not Jabari Smith. Uh, uh, Chet Holmgren was being talked about as the next big yeah. thing. Everyone, they are uh, tank for Chet. Uh, we've had like Anthony Davis come in, uh, who is like a, a lengthy, lanky like, guy. Zion's a little different, but you had these lanky, but like superstar talented players. How much faith do you have in Vector Wembanyama? That's being a great question. Yeah, this is a good question. I, I really like this question because it's impossible to predict. But I feel like, well, I mean, let, let's just let's just use Andrew Wiggins as a as an example, right? Like that guy had crazy athleticism, probably the most hyped number one pick, um, out, you know, after LeBron James, probably. I mean, that that's how much hype was around him. Zion and well, yeah. Uh, after after LeBron James, so uh, you know Wiggins came in, and obviously he's what he he made an All Star team. He's he's won a championship, but he's never been the guy, you know, and and he never lived up to his his potential. Um, Wembenyama is is different, and I think the the skill set at his height is obviously what everyone drools over. Um, I, I, I was listening to something recently and it's like, but you already kind of have Wembenyama in the league. Like I'm not going to look, I love bull bull. What, what the guy does, uh, for, for like the, uh, for, for the magic right now, it's really impressive. And, you know, obviously Wembenyama has a way higher ceiling than, than bull bull does, but seeing someone do that is really entertaining in the league and, and it's, and it creates a, a real competitive edge when you have a, when you have a talent like that, um, health is the the biggest issue. Cause for those type of guys, they get eat, they get injured really easily. I could rant for hours about how Anthony Davis makes me want to rip my hair out. Um, and that this is one of those instances, Chet comes in the league, same thing happens to him. Zion comes in the league, same thing happens to him. I, I think whoever, whichever team gets Wembenyama is going to be, is going to be, elated but I, I don't know if that's going to translate to any, like early success for them i think that model has shifted completely and let me ask you this as well so there's another player that was very similar in in the how he looks not in his game but how he looks to victor Wembanyama. and they I, I think he did it the right way and he focused on the things he could focus on uh but that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. yeah so he, i mean the, yeah that was, that's the difference is Giannis has mental toughness. The dude came from another country that's significantly far away, left his family, left it, literally has so much mental and physical toughness. That in itself is like the intangibles is something that you can't predict as a as an NBA scout. And Giannis has so much tenacity that like 
that who knows if Wembenyama has that? Like who knows if Chet Holmgren has that? That's something you can't predict, and that's why Giannis is 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 as successful as he is. There is something I was noticing when I was watching the tape. I, I've seen a little bit of Wembenyama because he's on NBA TV almost all the time now. It's yeah, getting, it's kind of annoying now. Uh, yeah, but uh, I've, I watched a little bit of Wembenyama. I've watched Chet Holmgren when he was at Gonzaga, um, and then Giannis. I mean, you, you kind of see him. There are two. So if you look at skill. I would say Holmgren and uh, Wembenyama have more skill in terms of like the, the versatility. Like if you took an sure. NBA a rating, they'd have more ratings in different places. I think Giannis kind of identified, "Hey, I'm not going to be a shooter. I'm not yeah. going to be one of these guys. I, I know what I am, and I'm going to focus on getting bigger, stronger, and better in those." Because yeah. he realizes physical gifts, and he's like, "All right, let me just focus on that." Yeah. I think NBA these days, and you know, just the generational. It's a generational thing that all these young players want to shoot, dribble, and try to be a point guard slash Steph Curry. Yeah, and Chet Holmgren, he he can he can play defense, but the guy didn't really have like he was more of a point post player. Uh, you know, kind of like the Jokic framework, but face up. Yeah, I mean, can, can I just can I just can I just go on my quick uh, you know love go for ahead. Jokic? Real quick, dude, okay. that pass between the legs the other night. Oh my god, dude, the guy, the guy's feel for the game, huh? That's not his first one. That's been done. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I know, but it, it's just, it's just like in his arsenal. It's just in his bag for for him to use whenever he wants. Like a between the legs touch pass, dude. Oh my god, his feel for the game is is incredible. Like he rightfully deserved two, you know, two MVPs in a row. Going for three. He could do it. For three. Yeah, he his team is number one in the West. So, which actually, let's get back to that. We're going to talk about MVP race right after this. But um, yeah, what was I saying? Um, but oh yeah, going back to uh, Weminyama, like his game is looking more and more like Chet than it is like Giannis, and he has the build of Giannis if he just bumps up a little bit. Yeah, what concerns me about him is that this guy. I feel like he's trying to be the guy in terms of offensive scorer, not in terms of hey, this is my gift. I am a, a, a athletic freak. Let me just bulk up a little bit, and I'll be unstoppable. Plus, I have a three-point shot if I need it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's trying to be Steph Curry in a Giannis body, when instead he should be Giannis in a – like, basically Giannis's game in a Giannis body. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the the three-point advantage, though, like, now it is, is so important, though. Like – he could he could actually be he could actually be like a Carl Anthony Towns type shooting percentage, but be way more dynamic and way more talented on on the defensive end as well. Which uh, I mean, a, a player that I, I, I would love for Wembenyama to kind of be like, albeit a little bit more talented version of this, is Brook Lopez. Uh, yeah, like Brook Lopez yeah. is. Really good three point shooter, very underrated, but really good three point shooter. Uh, yeah, and the guy is a defensive stalwart. Like the, the two powers <laughs> in Milwaukee are him and Giannis, and it, they are one of the best defenses in the league. So I, I've said this for a while. Like every time I watch the Bucks, like Brooke Lopez is always the guy that impresses me. Like it's it's always him that is doing these crazy three point shots. I'm like, we have no business making that. Why are you even taking that shot? Ooh, let me, let me throw in a little bit of trivia on this podcast real quick. All right. So there are um, – I can't remember the number, but can you name me the oh, – what was the tri- trivia? There's a question I heard the other day that um, – I forget the trivia. But did you know that Brooke Lopez is the, all, the franchise leader in points for the Brooklyn Nets? Get out of here. What? Franchise Brooklyn, leader for the Brooklyn Nets. Franchise leader in points for the Brooklyn Nets, or I guess New Jersey Nets. But dude, no way. Vince, uh, Vince Carter is not like the leading scorer. He wasn't on that team for a long. Who's the franchise leading scorer for the Brooklyn Nets? Did Darren Williams not even? Dude, get out of here, Brook Lopez, Buck Williams, Vince Carter. John Williamson and then Richard Jefferson, dude. Yeah. This is the fact that dude, that's, that's the most mind. That's the most mind blowing stat I've heard. Wow, Jason Kidd, I could understand because that's not his game. Like that, that was 
that's that's not his he, game to be the leader. He was there for so long. He was a triple double machine. Yeah, dude. Wow. I <laughs> I need to reevaluate everything. <laughs> that's crazy. Besides Brook Lopez, Lopez, there are ten other players in the league that are still active that were the franchise leader in points for their teams. Can you name them? Um, franchise leader for their teams. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Bucks start with Giannis. Yep. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh, I, I, you gotta get. Man, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Um. I mean, one of them is your favorite player, obviously. Active. Um. Well, second favorite player, I guess now because there is yeah. I forgot. Oh, I guess I I guess I guess LeBron. Are you saying Le, LeBron leads for? He's not leading for LA though. For Cleveland. So. Oh, for Cleveland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Um. Uh, I'm at a loss here. Um, maybe maybe Donovan Mitchell for Utah. Uh, no. Yeah, that that seems a little too. He seems a little too young. Well, I don't know. He's like Carmelo, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Too much history. Um, I'm at a loss here, man. Was an all-time three-point shooter. Um. Oh, Steph. I guess Steph for the Warriors. There you go. Um. One of them is on your team. Um. But you really hate them. Anthony, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis for the Pelicans. Uh. Yes. Okay. Wait. Wait. Sorry. Uh. Anthony Davis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the Pelicans. Yep. Yeah. For the Pelicans. There's another player on the team on your team that you hate also. I love him. Westbrook, Westbrook for OKC. There you go. Dur- Durant for. Uh, I mean, I guess Durant. No, uh, no Durant's nothing. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, if Ross passed him. Um, yep. What else do we have? Uh, active player but plays in China. Active player but plays in China. Symbol R just gave him the business the other day. Get out of here! What are we talking about? What? Uh, he won a slam dunk competition. Uh, I'm I'm at a loss with your Lakers. Dwight Howard for the Orlando Magic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he is dominating people in China right now. He's not an active player. He's out of the league, man. Yeah, he's still active. Do you see Symbol R like the Indian that was supposed to be? The yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. He 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 dominated Dwight Howard. Yeah. Wow. Chug the India. <laughs> Seriously. You want me to give you the rest? Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay, so Brooklyn, I told you Brooklyn, but Charlotte Horn is Kemba Walker. Okay. Memphis Grizzlies was Mike Conley. What? Uh, oh, my God. And then uh, Portland Trailblazers, uh, Damian Lillard, Toronto Raptors, oh. DeMar DeRozan. Wow. Wow. Okay. All well, right. I'll there for you. Yeah, that's uh, that Brooke Lopez one is just such a head scratcher. Wow. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, where where were we? <laughs> yeah, we were talking MVPs. We we're about to get into that. Um, so why don't you tell me your top five or top three candidates for MVP right now? Yeah. So I mean, I guess I guess I had Embiid um, as like my guy at the start of the year. Um, I don't I don't dis like agree with that because the the Sixers are back on track. Um, so I, I I think like Embiid is has always has a chance, but dude, Jokic is just incredible. Like I think he's, I think he's, he should be. I, I think it's still, I think it's the same as last year. It's Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. Like it, it hasn't really changed. Yeah, I, I guess it can, like there's always that argument for Doncic, but then you know with that 48 percent utilization, the team really not that great. Uh, yeah. yeah. If they had a little bit more success, I think the story would would probably be a little bit different. But like this is a pretty crowded uh, MVP race, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Uh. I would say the, the, the three, like you mentioned, the three clear front runners. I would say like those three, like it's going to come down to those three in the end. Like barring, yeah. Um, what about? I mean, Josh. I think Josh should probably round that out as well. I, I would say like there's this, like there's like the, the the top three like the contenders. Like think about the mm-hmm. presidential election. So like you have like you know the people are probably going to be the candidates. And you have like the vice presidential candidates. They're really good. They're up there, but they're, you know they may not be it. I think yeah. Josh is one of those. I'll put. Um, Doncic in that. I put Shea Gilgis Alexander in that category too. Yeah, yeah. I put SGA in there, uh, but and then you know 
obviously throw your honorary LeBron. Uh, no, no, you know what? I'm not even gonna do it. No, no, I don't no. think LeBron. I don't think LeBron deserves to be there. Um, you Tatum. know, who, Tatum, dude, Tatum. I think Tatum definitely deserves to be there. I still think Jalen Brown's a better player on that team, but you know, the league likes Tatum, so. Yeah, um, Kevin Durant, I think should 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 have a should have a consideration for for that as well. Like the Nets are back on track; he's averaging over thirty a game at like thirty whatever thirty five years old, thirty four, thirty five. I think That's there should be a stipulation. Impressive. There should be a stipulation though: if you hook up with a porn star, you can't be an MVP candidate. And if you uh, have, a, especially if you have a child with them too, I think. Wait, uh, he had a child. That was a thing. I thought it was. Yeah, just- that's. Well, oh, oh no, 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 no! They had a, he had a child. And he just disregarded uh, Lana Rhodes's uh, kid. I still need to check out her her, her works. So I haven't done that yet. <laughs> uh, you need to cut your mic. <laughs> I think um, I not be in the category. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh wait, no, was it? Oh no, 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 sorry, it wasn't Kevin Durant. It was Blake Griffin. Sorry, it was Blake Griffin. It's Blake Griffin. It's Blake Griffin. Yeah. Sorry, I just like to hate on Kevin Durant. Um, Do you remember that? You remember, you remember Lil B? The curse? It was a Lil B. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Lil B, yeah. yeah. Song, ah, Kevin Durant. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, you know how Shaq was like the like the face of Gold Bond? Like yeah. the, the lotion? I feel like that Kevin Durant should take that over. Like I feel like, you know, with all his ashy skin, like Gold, gold Bond. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he has to use it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Uh, of like least hygienic players in the NBA, Kevin Durant would be Kevin Durant's number one. Number one, terrible yeah. beard, ashy skin, just does not take care of himself. Yeah, number just one front runner. Yeah. <laughs> ben Simmons in second, and Kyrie third because all, like that purple Nets team. Ben Simmons. Yeah, like, they're gross. Who dresses? He what? Who dresses him up and takes like allows him to go outside of the house? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, did you see how Ben Simmons told Kevin Durant to just dunk the ball? Like he he told him to like. Uh, I think there's like a. I think Ben Simmons like made like one nice pass, and then Kevin Durant like I I don't know if he like passed it up or he took a jump shot or something. But Ben's like dunk that shit, and Kevin Durant's like bro. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so MVP. We I think you know. We'll see where we're see, we'll, we'll see where vote, if voter apathy becomes a becomes a thing for Jokic, but I think it's probably going to be between Giannis and Jokic again. Um, should we do a quick rundown of Christmas Day matchups and, yeah. and who we think? Sorry, and then one and sorry before we do that, I just got a shout out for one one player. Um, if and I'll, I'll ask you the same thing as well, but my shout out for the first half of the season for the one who's just been under the radar, but. Com- you know, very hard worker, Boyan Bogdanovich, our our guy um, on the Pistons, just dropped buckets with no recognition whatsoever. The guy is having a season of his career, and he has to do it on the Pistons. It's so yeah. sad. I feel so. Like, I have, let me issue an apology to Boyan Bogdanovich on behalf <laughs> of all Pistons fans. Like, you don't deserve this. <laughs> we we. Like I don't know what we, why we treat you like this. I know we're, we just gave you an extension. I'm, I'm so glad that you're with us. But you, Jeremy Grant, you know, Derek <laughs> uh, Rose, we like kind of resurrected his career. We apologize to you. We we Pistons fans love you. We we really want you to stay on this team uh, when we eventually make that come up. But thank you for at least making the games watchable for us. Thank you for giving us points. Like if it wasn't for you guys, we'd be scoring 60 points a game, guaranteed. We are yeah. So thank you so much, Boyan McDonald. Thank you, uh, Jeremy Grant. I was harsh on you last year, but thank you for all your service you've done. And then thank you, Derek Rose. Um, you know, without you guys, these games would be unwatchable. So I really, really appreciate it. And please stay with us. Do you uh do you have any other underappreciated players? Um Boyan was Boyan was mine, but uh Uh I think Tyrese Halliburton should deserve a little bit of credit. There. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, he was like, you know, there've been a lot of haters around him. Like his jump shots whack. You know, he's a yeah. MVP, as uh, Wiser has said. Which apologize for. Tyrese Halliburton doesn't really care. He just kind of does his thing. We should have drafted him instead of uh, Killian Hayes. I'm not no hate on Killian Hayes. I know. I'm you know what is done is done. He's developing as he should. A uh, better defensive player than Tyrese, but you know Tyrese is is, is a great player. Um, you know, give him all the credit. Josh Hart, you know, Josh Hart on that uh, on that Pelicans team, 
good on you, man. Yeah, I like I like Josh Hart too. It's uh you can ball. Um all right, so NBA Day matchups first. One more. One more. Yeah, go, go for it. Lori Market. Lori Market. <laughs> That's an apology one. <laughs> Lori Market. I hate Chicago fans too. I think you were disrespected in Chicago. You know, we can all say screw the Chicago fans. I'll probably get killed for because I live here, but love you, man. Uh, that was my quote. Lori fucking marketing, uh, marketing on uh, on Utah. That damn man. straight. Killed us, by the way. The Pistons lost a little yeah. bit in another one of our, you know, winning at halftime, losing in the end kind of games. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lori. But yeah, let's talk, uh, let's talk Christmas. All right, so first matchup of the day, uh, Knicks and uh, Sixers. So uh, as the Knicks fan, tell me, uh, not Knicks fan, but Knicks uh, local uh, local reporter for the Knicks, tell me what your thoughts are. Look, they're like two hot teams. Knicks has just lost two in a row. Um, I don't know who I, I like. I think Embiid would own Randall in the in the matchup at the post. So I'm going with the Sixers. Um, you know, Knicks do show up on Christmas, which is... They do, they do. I'm going to give it... I think Embiid's going to have a great game of his life, but I think it's going to be the Knicks, just because give it to the hometown team for Christmas, uh, you know. Brunson. Yeah, I want to see Side Talk uh, just go kind of crazy. Yeah. Is it, is it called Side Talk, your, your New York, uh, you know, the, the people that go bing bong and all that stuff? Oh, I... Yeah, I... I wouldn't be able to tell you. People, man, they're neighbors. <laughs> um, all right. Next game is the uh, one that I have no intention to watch, but will probably will watch. Um, Lakers and Mavericks. Um, I think the Lakers will disappoint in this one, as per usual. So it's Luca's day. I want to give you a. So I think yeah, Mavericks gonna win, but I think LeBron James will outperform Luka Doncic. Yeah, I'll I'll put that too. It's Christmas Day. It's his twentieth year. ABC is gonna literally ride him the entire time. <laughs> um, I could see that happening too. Um, Speaking of LeBron, we we have we've gone this whole time without making a joke about LeBron's uh you know t- truth telling or his cap. his Yabbit Avenue with old something old Navy. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah. Any, any any comments before I start throwing that into all our future future? You can do you can do you can do one an episode. We we talked about Malcolm X already, right? Um, I, I don't know I don't know which one I don't know which one you want to do this week, but uh... so I'll do one in, in honor of the World Cup. Um, so oh we'll, boy, we've we'll, <laughs> we talked about the World Cup. Fantastic World Cup this year. Uh, one of the best. Terrible venue, terrible venue, but one of the best uh, tournaments. I'll leave it at that. You know, um, you know. Come talk to me after if you want to really talk about the World Cup. I can go and start crying about it. Fantastic World Cup. But uh, they were talking, I think LeBron was, someone asked LeBron, who are your favorite uh, players in uh, in football, in, in soccer? Um, but before, before he says this, though, he's also a part owner in Liverpool now. Yeah, he doesn't know the Liverpool legends. Peter Crouch was a Liverpool legend. LeBron had no idea who he was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And as soon as Peter Cross was like, yeah, I, I used to play. I actually have a couple trophies. And like, oh, yeah, I totally saw your trophies in, in Liverpool, in Anfield. LeBron James just talks out of his ass. He's the master ass talker. <laughs> master of ass talking out of his ass. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they're like, uh, oh, who are your favorite players? And he's like, yeah, all, all the players in Liverpool, obviously. Then um, Neymar, uh, Mbappe, and he pronounced it completely wrong, like Mbappe or something like that. And then Cristiano, not Cristiano Ronaldo. The, the way, just just going back to Mbappe, the uh, Indian uncle way. Oh, what was the Indian M- uncle way? Mbappe. M M M Mbappe. M Mbappe. But yeah, LeBron, you know, he missed out. They said Cristiano Ronaldo, and people like, oh, um, uh, what about Messi? He's like, oh yeah, that guy plays football, right? LeBron had no clue that Messi. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> huh? like. And he's like, oh yeah, Zlatan too. There's also a funny story. I'll get, I'll get to uh, let me funny story on Zlatan. So Zlatan played for the LA um, Galaxy. Yeah, Galaxy. Yeah. So LeBron sent Zlatan, not knowing who Zlatan was, a jersey. You know, welcome to LA. Here's LeBron jersey. Zlatan signed the jersey and sent it back to LeBron, saying, "Here's a signed jersey for you." <laughs> that guy is an yeah. absolute god. Yeah, that, yeah, he's he's got the dog in him. But yeah, anyway, so. 
LeBron, master ass talker. Can't wait yeah. for more memes after he outperforms Doncic, but and eventually loses though. But yeah. man, he he's really giving me a Christmas present. That I'm going to use the rest of the year and all his like just absolute bullshit that comes out of his mouth. Love um, the guy. Love him outside of uh, you know. I, I hate him in uh, in basketball. I love him outside of basketball. Besides when he's a um, oh, master ass talker. Oh yeah, and 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 the whole Ohio State thing. Great uh, guy fucking, outside, fucking man. <laughs> um. All right. So Milwaukee, Boston, best game of the of the day. Um. I think it's a toss up. Uh. You know. It, it's. It's Christmas Day. It'll be a good game. I, I don't. I don't. I can't go either way on this one. I love. You know. I love myself my Milwaukee Bucks. I, I, they. I, they were like my de facto second team after the Pistons. Although I did. Who did I throw in at the? Was it Milwaukee? Or I threw in another team that I was going to root for. I forget. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, Milwaukee. I love them, but I think Boston's going to win this because when Jace, when you give James Tatum a- ABC, um, you know. Prime time, yeah. Spot. Uh, he's gonna perform, and Giannis does. But Giannis also performs. It's it's all it's always just dependent on whether his teams get enough three pointers in to to back him up. Exactly, it's gonna be a three point. Like yeah, uh, this is what's gonna happen. Giannis is gonna be up by five with like three minutes left. Bucks gonna be up by five, and then Tatum's gonna knock down three straight threes. Yeah, like, Brown's gonna hit the like the, the in the minute like, under under uh, sixty left. Jason, uh, Jalen Brown's going to hit a dagger to win. The yeah, game. mid-range. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's what that's I'll hold you to it. Um, Memphis and the Warriors. I think Memphis is going to slap around Golden State. Yeah. I'm sorry, Golden State. What happened? This is yeah. Really, you know, I think – so there's so much hype around the young guns. I, I don't think Jordan Poole really is it. Uh, I think he's a fine role player. But I think he thinks he's more than that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's. And I think there's like internal, there's some internal stuff that's like you know, yeah, like we're not understanding. Like the chemistry is just not there. Yeah, um, take that. The opposite of that. What they want to be is the Grizzlies, which has the ultimate team chemistry in the league. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, John's gonna really show out. Uh, last one: Suns and, and Memphis. Um, sorry, Suns and uh, and Denver. What do you got for this one? Um, I got Denver. Uh, I got so Denver the, too. Suns are pretty cool. Speaking of the Suns, uh, we'll, we'll get to, to finish out. Uh, but, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Denver, you know, Jokic is having a, a season. Um, but yeah, go ahead on the Suns. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I guess to to close out everything on the the Robert Sarver saga that we've been following for you know over 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 a year now. Uh, Suns finally got sold. They have a new owner. Where is Adam? Uh, for this podcast, we uh, should bring him in for the firsthand insights uh, on this one. But uh, Michigan State guy, who who owns the team now, right, Carno? Yeah, now uh, Michigan State now officially owns ten percent of the NBA. So that's right. That's right. Look at that. Um, that's but, uh, I don't know if you have anything else to cover, but that's our pod for today. Um, yeah, uh, close out. But uh, the owner's name is Matt Ishbia. Uh, so. Matt Ishbia is a uh, walk-on to Michigan State. Um, he won the championship in 2000 with uh, um, with Tom Izzo and that team with Mateen Cleaves. Didn't really play, uh, but you know he did last year. Gave a very generous, no no strings attached gift to uh, Michigan State, which we've totally done well with our like mediocre start in the league. Uh, but uh, good guy. Kind of bummed that he uh, didn't. By the Pistons when they had the opportunity, but I guess he didn't make his money yet. Uh, now he's very, very rich and able to buy the Suns for what six billion? Uh, I thought four billion. Four billion. Four billion. Sorry. Four, four billion. billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is a and, pretty uh, crazy valuation. Um, yeah. he made his all. He made all his money from uh, mortgage lending, right? From uh, yeah. Uh, especially, yeah. I think, I think buying uh, a bunch of smallage mortgage um lenders during the financial crisis, um, and then basically scaling that practice over time. It's funny. In Detroit, there is a, you know, Detroit somehow became the hub of mortgage lending. And so there's a big rivalry between Quicken Loans or Rocket yep. Money and United Shore, which is uh, Matt Ishbia's company. And Matt Ishbia now, his company, United Shore, or United Whole Shore or something, is the sponsor for the Pistons jersey. So obviously that's going to change next year. <laughs> but um, 
and now both him and um, Dan Gilbert, who owns the Pistons, or owns, sorry, not the Pistons, who owns the Cavaliers, uh, are, um, you know, they're um, Michigan State grads. They hate each other because, you know, they're, you know, they're competing in, 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 the, in the industry and they both own NBA teams. So it, it is interesting to see who's going to one up one the, each other. Who's the third uh, Michigan State owner? Uh, I think the third one is, um, uh, what's his name? Tom Gores. Oh, ah, yes. Right, yeah. yes. Uh, I have many mixed opinions. I actually know no mixed opinions. I have a clear opinion of my Gores. <laughs> Um, not, not, not the biggest fan of the, the vest wearing fuck that owns our team, but that's, that's, that's all I have to say on that. Private equity, man, just in the NBA, deeply entrenched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good to see Michigan State representation. Two of those teams, two of those people I hate, um, you know, Matt's brother, Justin owns, um, Shore Capital Management, which, uh, my old roommate, Adam, um, works for. So shout out Adam Bojemai. Um, you're never going to listen to this pod, but whatever. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's nice to see the Michigan state representation, you know, I think there's, you know, there's also a Michigan, uh, owner, right. Isn't Ross the owner of, uh, uh, dolphins, the dolphins and, um, they, they play the Amway's in Orlando magic. Isn't Ross the owner of that? Oh, no, no, it's, it's DeVos. sorry. It's DeVos. Um, who also yeah. is from Michigan. Um, look at that. Yeah. So, you know, they're, this is not related to basketball, but you know they always talk about the best states in our in our union, and they have California, you have New York, you have Texas. Michigan is up there. Michigan is one of the best states, and it's it's really it's it's, it's a quiet, 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 but very confident leader and leader of men. Top five, top five. <laughs> well, that's our pod. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Yeah, uh, that's our pod for the day, guys. Um, hope everyone has a good holiday uh restful uh joyous time watching all these sports that are on right now and we'll see you guys in the new year happy festivus all right i never had no money coming out here trying to get me away ain't nobody helping i was on fake friends they just slipping away now i got it so i 